Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Kit Banter Podcast. I'm Sash, your host for tonight. And uh, I have a very stellar cast with me today. Uh, joining us is uh, Manchester United correspondent Nathan. We have Manchester City correspondent Lionel as well as, I would say, the man of the hour, a very elated Liverpool correspondent, uh, Pascal. Hey. So you must be... Really, really happy with the uh, smash and grab result of the weekend. Um, commiserations to Cash because uh, even though I only caught the first half of the match between Liverpool and uh, Newcastle, right? For the first half, I thought, you know, Newcastle were just gonna storm their way into a pretty much handsome win against Liverpool. But football an unfair mistress and uh, I should have stayed up in hindsight just to kind of soak in Cash's misery as well as uh, you know kind of, kind of have this little bit of a cheeky laugh together with Pascal in terms of how his team managed yeah. to I wouldn't say fraud, <laughs> I fraud their way to last night because <laughs> I knew we had pulled off the heist of the century like <laughs> I just sent the Mourinho drift that was it I yeah, I wanted like to that. weigh in on it after I woke up this morning, but um, <laughs> I kind of sensed the mood was a bit. <laughs> it was Test a bit um <laughs> yeah, it was pretty frail. So I decided to 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 not <laughs> to not poke the bear. That was like me post UCL final after. Bro, that was me years. like entire the entire <laughs> season, of, season of the twenty two twenty three man. I feel, yeah, I feel the chat gets very quiet when it's between our teams. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like you want to be happy, but we you don't want to be too nice, happy. But, it's just but like we also <laughs> understand when certain results you can certainly throw. Like okay, like if Newcastle yep. went on to better us yesterday, right? I'm sure like you guys would have had a field day, and I would just mm. be like, oh, yeah, FSG sucks. It, it was it was looking that way. Bro. Like in the first 25 minutes Especially like, like, when uh, Everyone's uh, favourite <laughs> Defender on the podcast Still uh, my trend. goat <laughs> Still still my goat Oh actually did what he did Can I be referring to two guys Yeah Yeah and then Just straight <laughs> after that uh, Van Dyke got sent oh off So God, it's like uh, Instant double whammy for Pascal there You must be Feeling like Oh man it's gonna be a Absolutely long night Because it was a late kickoff so yeah, uh, for new, us right? Asian fans, yeah, we had we always have to stay up like really late for all these top of the table clashes against the traditionally big clubs. But yeah, Pascal, just just take it away, man. I mean, there's a reason why you you uh I kind of asked you to like open the podcast today because if I did the intro followed by the lead into Liverpool, I don't think I would have shut up for like half an hour. Um. What a ridiculous game. Uh, and it's a good thing I didn't have my phone with me. I remember uh, we kind of just... Me and Cash, we kept it very like cordial. We were like, we'd be the best team win. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, but, but like, all respect. I left my phone to charge and just... Because I knew it was going to be like buzzing the whole time. But what a horror show for like 20 minutes. And that's kind of been the theme for Liverpool games so far. Uh, first 10 minutes against Bournemouth was a horror show as well ironically the first 10 minutes against Chelsea was good and then the rest of the game was weird but yeah man Trent what's new I feel like 
at this point, it's really like what like what's the point, right? Like like <laughs> it's it's just like saying water is wet. But the scary thing now is that Trent isn't a liability at right back, but he's becoming a liability in the middle. Um almost got sent off after like what eight minutes? Do you think that I I mean from from your comment, uh it, you wouldn't have been like shocked if the referee gave him like a the second yellow, right? That's the thing now, right? I wouldn't have been shocked because technically he's well within his rights to do it. Would I have agreed with it? Hell no, because the first one should have never been a yellow card in the first place. I couldn't get the the rationale for but the rules now the are getting yellow. stupid, man. Like referees, the games gone have, soft. Uh, the referees are becoming to, to card <laughs> crazy. Yeah, like, it's it's. And not to give a foul in the first place is like mind-boggling, but like we move right. The yeah, thing, but uh, just to go back to your point, is that uh, football generally is a contact sport, and if you're gonna, I, I, I believe stop so. That, <laughs> yeah, like it's not—it's not about being a contact sport. Like it's just we have to toe the line between like the rules and common sense, man. Like there, there's a time where you have to give a player a talking to rather than just like. Flash the card for like something so nondescript. It mm. is it's just really annoying, really frustrating. But on the flip side, right, I always like to criticize my my own players before we start pointing fingers at the ref. So Trent being vice captain now, right? You can't do that. Some like I think he wore the armband for most of the game yesterday, and he still looks like a boy, man. And he needs to grow up fast because um, I think he'll be leading the the team for the next three games or the next one game, depending how long Virgil's suspended for. But he needs to grow up, man, because uh, we we need him to step up. Um, mistakes oh, I believe aside, it's a one game suspension. I think it's because one it's as well. Uh, yeah, because it, it wasn't yeah. like um, no no violent conduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> like like I know people are being like, yo, you just pulled off one of the best comebacks in the league why are you being so negative I'll, I'll get to the positives uh, but I have to get like regardless of the result right I knew I was going to talk about this yesterday already the fact that we are going to line up against Aston Villa with Joe Gomez and Joel Matip at centre back like I saw this coming a mile away yet here we are so, yes, awesome three points, but I'm already looking ahead the next week. And, you know, Villa look dangerous. They got they got Diaby in form, got Watkins is going to give us loads of problems. Leon Bailey looks up for it. So, I'm just thinking, like, this could have been so avoided if we had just done our homework and gotten someone in. But, nope, we're relying on Matip and Gomez, who, to be fair, played okay yesterday. Matip not mm. so much for the second. Uh, Matip not so much for the red card, but we'll get to that later. But I thought Gomez did fine. Um, but like I said before, Gomez has that in his locker. It's, it's the consistency that it's missing. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm worried lah for next week. Your thoughts on Endo? Uh, I think Endo is... Dude, this is like... If you want to talk about debuts, this is like one of the toughest... Full debuts. I know he came on against Bournemouth last week. Um, 
and he, I think he must just be like, bro, when am I gonna play with like eleven players? He must be like, well, why, why am I always featuring in in matches with ten <laughs> men? But I thought he did okay. I think it's still pretty obvious that uh, he's not that dynamic destroyer that we need. Like he he's very tidy, he's very calm, he's very composed. From what I saw yesterday. Still a bit of lack of cohesion with his teammates, cause maybe I mm. think Stuttgart play a certain way. Like they are more defensive, right? They are not looking to um, counter attack right away. So there were moments where Endo was looking to keep the ball, whereas like like you had Robertson and Salah who were like sort of screaming for a forward pass. So I think they need to work on that. But I I can't really fault the guy. I think he he did okay. He did okay under the circumstances. I can't mm. even really talk about the game or tactics because like what tactics bro <laughs> we were in survival mode after <laughs> Van Dijk got sent off and by some divine miracle we turned the tables uh, which also partly has to do with Newcastle um, making the cardinal mistake of thinking the game is over at 1-0 so credit to Eddie Howe for that because he royally bought it's not just Eddie yesterday. Howe man you should credit uh Miguel, I'm no, but, but but the substitutions, mm. taking off Tonali, dude. I was I was yeah. so happy when he took Shopping. off Tonali and Gordon, cause those guys were ripping us yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, not, let's talk about your your miracle. Um, yeah, yeah, a very of unlikely form of Darwin Nunes, much maligned Bro. Darwin Nunes. Finally, man, my man. <laughs> After getting mean for eternity, this was his night. And I'm so happy for the guy. I think there's been some frustration on his end not starting any of the the league games so far. Um, There were rumours that he was upset with his like five-minute cameo against Bournemouth. I don't know how true those rumours were. But, I mean, there's no better way to stake your claim to start and to, you know, pretty much tongue-in-cheek give Klopp like like a read between the lines than that performance. And that 10-minute cameo summed everything about him, right? Like, some of... I'm just... Where the hell was this finishing, bro? Because those two goals were, like, (laughs) clinical as they come. I I was getting, like, Suarez vibes, and I know, like, you might just be, like, calm calm down, but the two goals were... Especially the equaliser, it was really in the one spot where Pope was not getting near... Mm-hmm. So For his impact And his positivity I give Darwin Like full marks um, Another guy Who I want to um, um, Mention Who I feel Changed the game Was Jota uh, I know Nate Watched the game Maybe you can chime in uh, Or disagree if, if you think Jota Had a minimal impact But I just thought Jota coming on Brought more of Like a nastiness More of a nuisance To him And his link up Play with Salah Was great I thought he was stretching the play a bit more um, and, and gave Newcastle a bit of problems. Like, I think we only really started getting out of our shell around the hour mark. I think the the message was to hang on until maybe 60, 65 minutes and then give it a go, which I thought we did really well. Um, rode our luck a bit. <laughs> uh, I know Cash had a lot to say about Almiron last week and it's only going to sort of pile on after yesterday. It was a bit wasteful. But I, I think a bit is uh, sugarcoating it. 
it's tough, right? Because I've seen so many comments from non-Newcastle fans saying he was their best player. And then you have the Newcastle fans saying, like, what are you guys talking about? He was so wasteful. Because, you know, he... I mean, we have to talk about the Allison save. Like, out of this world save. I, I thought for all yeah, intents and purposes, was in, we were toast. <laughs> I thought that was 2-0. Mm-hmm. What a save. Kept us alive. Mm-hmm. And then Almiron had this, like, Messi-esque run and he hit yeah, the post he hit the right? bar, yeah. Yeah, th- th- that was that <laughs> that was when McAllister got subbed off because he was just toast by then. His legs were gone. Um which is to be expected when you are running a midfield against uh one extra man. So I think the Almiron thing is is it depends how you look at it. Um he he certainly tried a bit unlucky but the wastefulness I think is what people will be fixated on. If anything should be mad at Harvey Barnes. Yeah. Harvey Barnes completely uh, bottled uh, what should have been 2-0 to Newcastle. I don't know if you remember it, Nate. Yeah. I think besides Harvey Barnes, right, uh, back on the point of uh, Almiron, he he kind of had the game that um, Nunes typically has. You know, he, he gets into all the right positions, does all the right things, and then point. finishing is off, you know. Uh, I think Almiron, like from a non-supporter, um, I, I was watching the match as well and I thought that he looked the most dangerous. And I think that's what you want to see in, in that team. Like, the, the runs he was making, the only thing is you kind of, and I think for Newcastle fans, they would have felt it a lot, is like, you know he can create but he just doesn't finish off the chances which is doubly frustrating. But he he did look probably like the, one of the most energetic and he's so hard to kind of mark because he just does these mazy runs. And, and so I think, yeah, I think his his um he he was just unfortunate cuz i feel he if he just works on his finishing or like we saw back in i think that year where there was the almiron mania when he when he gets oh, was it just last year <laughs> when yeah. he gets it on lock it's like he can he can create goals we've, we've seen it it's just because he naturally gets into those spaces and i think as a attacker you you need that kind of player who who would venture into those kind of position so it kind of strikes me as uh, a little bit like like Modric to a certain extent where he's rapid but his mind can't keep up with his feet if that makes sense I think it was just unlucky though last night I mean an inch yeah, either yeah. side it's a goal it's an amazing goal so I would say it's more unlucky yeah if if the keeper was a uh, Ramsdale definite to new <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get mm. to him later but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I know Newcastle played City last week, so I guess I wanted to ask Lionel, right? Like, was this Newcastle? I I don't know if you how much of the game you caught or if you caught the game at all. But the Newcastle you saw last week, right? Did you feel like sort of threatened at all throughout the ninety minutes? I mean, I feel they're a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they still have that bit of inferiority against the bigger sides. Even against us yesterday, there came a point where they seemed to lack that killer instinct, even with a man up. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like... I mean, right now, the consensus is that Newcastle is a team that has come to kind of like rise up in, in terms of like the ranks. Now they are considered like a team that... I mean, apart from having that spot in the Champions League, right? They are, they are like the team one of the teams to beat as well. But, I mean, what you said made a point because generally whenever Newcastle plays the bigger teams, right, they seem to lack, like, that, 
like what you mentioned, that killer instinct or like that, um, the ability to finally kill off a game. I mean, yeah, yesterday, uh, Elmiron, a couple of players had like very decisive chances. And I mean, what a save by Allison, right? But what I would say is that maybe right now in terms of like the track records, I mean, although it's only been like maybe two games, coming to three games, but I would say that Newcastle, um, I would say that they are still a, definitely a team to fear because they, they, I mean, on a good day, right, they can they can take a team and hang them dry just like what they did with uh, Villa. So, mm. me, but, but I would say that, yeah, it, it does seem like a, a recurring trend that they, they, they can't seem to edge out like the bigger teams when it comes to crucial moments. But I think we just got to wait and see what Eddie Howe has in store. La. Maybe it's just like the that, players that choking and stuff. That would have hurt them bad. It, 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 I think it, it more so than... Obviously, you never want to lose at home, especially, you know, from a winning position that late. But they were really like... There was just a nastiness to the game yesterday. Like, it felt like I was watching a Merseyside derby a bit. Like... I there think it started just, with Trent, right? Like, he was getting very... It like, was so fiery from, from minute one. Like, the fans were, like, up for it. You could tell that the two dugouts were very frosty and, and like, McAllister was getting into scraps. So, Bozlai was getting booed. Like, it felt like a proper derby yesterday. Yeah, why, why was he getting booed? Yeah, he was, though. Because, I mean, it's like how we're going to boo Kaiseido, right? Like, he pretty much uh, turned Newcastle down for oh, us. Right, um, okay. <laughs> that there was a moment where he sort of like went down, clutched his ankle, realized the foul wasn't coming, and he got up, and then he just got like laughed at. It mm-hmm. was it was kind of tough to watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, the result's gonna hurt them. Uh, I think Eddie Howe really wanted to get one over Klopp, and I, I was actually surprised that Newcastle hadn't beaten us, um, at home for for all these years. So he must just be wondering like, what what the how the hell. Did that happen? Nah, it's it's just like how um no matter how good Chelsea's form is, always taking else at Saint James Park. It's just football um, heritage. Yeah, it's just history, man. Just bogey teams gotta be bogey teams. But uh, Eddie Howe has to be under the spotlight for his really really terrible in-game management from. I would say the second half onwards, like you said, couldn't understand why Tonali was being brought off. And I feel that the reason why Newcastle have been struggling so much this season for the first three games, right, is well, two. teams have like, kind I, I of... I think the first game was pretty... That's why, yeah. that that's kind of the confusion, right? We don't really know mm. where we're at with Newcastle right now. We've had like yeah, three okay, because, very different last, performances. Yeah, because for last season, right, teams would go toe-to-toe with Newcastle because um, they weren't feared that much or they weren't really respected as a football team that much uh, as a unit. So they tended to play a higher line in terms of like teams that went against Newcastle, I would say, tend to give them a lot more space to run and they've been found out to be a team where they will do a lot of hard running, a lot of the leg work because their midfield is... If you, if you look at it closely, you have Joe Linton, you have Tonali who's making the late runs into the box, and you have Bruno Guimaraes, right? But what they lack is a creative midfielder to kind of break down low blocks. 
they are a team full of runners, which is why they're really good in the counter-attack. As uh, Aston Villa kind of found out in the first game itself, they just got countered to death. But they, when they came out against City, right, when they're rubbing shoulders with like the traditionally big boys in the big clubs, City being City, they just professionally managed the game. They knew how to recycle possession, and when it came to being clinical in front of goal, right, I mean, none other, none better than like Julian Alvarez as well as Erling Haaland, who did not score, but uh, the point I'm trying to make, right, is teams will be sitting back against Newcastle right now, which is kind of hilarious because if you guys did not go one man down against Newcastle... Probably, yeah, they probably would have got yeah. us sooner or later. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a weird blessing one. in disguise that you guys played deep. Mm-hmm. But speaking about going one man down, how did that happen? <laughs> Was that a red card in your opinion? Yeah, as much as I want to back my guy, he took a risk and he he was a split second too late, and you have to give it lah. Because if if the if the tables were turned and Salah was the one who got crocked, right? I would want a red card for that in that same position. My only argument will be the angle was against Isaac. Allison was rushing out and it was on his weaker foot. But that, you know, you could say it's really grasping at straw. So I think Van Dyke will be disappointed with himself because he was wrong side to begin with. And I mentioned Matip earlier having a mixed game, right? I thought he was good. Apart from that, like he didn't help Van Dyke out at all. I think he gave... Gordon way too much room to pick his pass and uh, yeah when 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 the red card came out I was just like oh my god like please <laughs> I can't I can't do this again <laughs> I already saw this last week uh, so yeah we're gonna have to manage without him um, the only blessing I can see from this is hopefully FSG sees that and they they realise we need more defensive cover because I know Kwanzaa like had a good ten minutes, but he's not ready. Um, and like I said, Joel Matip and Joe Gomez is like uh, not. I I, I do, it doesn't fill me with confidence. Like for some reason, they rise to the occasion, but it's the it's the more routine stuff you ex- expect them to get right. They just don't. Um, mm-hmm. Which actually once like, we're talking about, or at least I'm talking about recruitment, right? Actually, mm. wait, like, very quickly, like, what do y'all think about the red card before we, we, we switch gears? Mm. I have a feeling all of us are going to be in agreement. I think we are very similar. I, I, I thought mm. it's a bit harsh that he looked like he there wasn't an intent to tackle. Like, he looked like he was trying to play the ball, like, just swipe it out, and then Isak just steps in front of him. But then when that happens in the box, as long as the striker gets a foot in front of you and you hit him mm. first, it's it's... It's a foul, and he happens to be the mm-hmm. last man. And so when you just add up these things, it becomes like, oh, okay, yeah, red card. But it still feels harsh because you you see, like, red cards are given for other things, right? With more malice or more uh, intentionality. Well, like, this season, uh, red, red dragging cards people given down. for, like, utter nonsense this season. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the rules this season are are the worst, but it that's why it feels worse. And I think you could tell, like, Van Dijk was, like, kind of really I mean you you know when you've done something wrong right but he looked genuinely like okay that 
technically it's like a yellow card file. It just so happens that I'm the last man, and yeah, it's that. more like an orange card. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, these are That's the yellow. most Michael Owen shit I've heard. <laughs> Channeling my Michael I get what you're saying. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> but I actually do get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it, go on. I, I felt I felt like I cut you off. I think you had a bit more to add to your orange card thing. Oh, uh, no, I just said, no. uh, yeah. I feel there's an orange card. But yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know if you got my question earlier, but uh, what about Ned Phillips? I don't think is Ned Phillips still is power with the club. I just don't think. I, I, I like mm. Ned. I, I think he did well when, when we needed him, but I think uh, we can't go back to Ned Phillips. La. Like, <laughs> that's just, what kind of message is that send? We tried to sell him last season, never materialized. To go back to a guy you've been actively trying to sell, you know, like, th- that's just uh, unacceptable. Um, mm-hmm. And and now, like, I, I s- before we, we move on from Liverpool, right, after this result, the very gritty, uh, you know, in the trenches type win, right, I'm going to get your thoughts, right? Liverpool right now, when, let's say, you guys are about to play us, what sort of the the feeling is there like a sort of intimidation or is it more like oh they are so open we're gonna catch them because it's three games now i've watched this season i cannot do 35 more games of basketball guys i can't (laughs) like my heart i can't take it (laughs) bruh it is literally like end to end which is brilliant for the neutral but i can't do it man i need some structure which is the like we have technical players, we have guys who can hold the ball. So I don't know why there's this, there's this like up like obsession with any chance we get, we just want to get it down the field. Mm-hmm. I would love some balance. So for me, yeah. right, I think the team that will cause Liverpool the most problems are in the mold of a Nottingham Forest Aston Villa. type. Yeah, maybe maybe Villa to a certain extent. I think Villa next week is a gonna be a very tough game because they have no, the exact mold away from home to 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 play the, us. The the thing about Emery is that he's pretty unfairly accused to be a defensive manager. I think the reason why he played the back five against Burnley, and I mean just a little segue, uh, it's just to match mm-hmm. them up in in formation, right? But I don't think he will play that again. I mean, he won't play that formation again against Liverpool. He'll go pretty much a a, a 4-4-2, an Emery type of old. And I'm not really sure, right, whether he will push up against Newcastle. And because he he knows that you guys are weak defensively. And uh, that Matip and Gomez partnership isn't isn't ideal. Like, as much as we laugh at, at... Van Dyke and how much we have pointed out that he's not the Van Dyke of old but he's still Van Dyke he's still mm. your best defender in the club I actually think he had a decent start to the season like barring yesterday and the 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 goal against Bournemouth that one wasn't great mm-hmm. um, but I think he's been pretty solid but yeah yeah for sure he, he has yeah, lost so a it, lot it, of pace yeah so it really depends on I mean, just a quick preview, like, how Emery s- decides to set up. Will he stick to the formation that he used against Burnley, which 
he did really well with? Or will he stick to the formation that he went up against Everton where, he, you know, just take the game to you guys because midfield's still a bit a bit shoddy. Defence, clearly not that cohesive. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, like returning back to my old point, right? Like, the team that will mm. cause you guys the most issues... I mean, Nathan's team f- experienced it firsthand. A, a, a little bit of a, a wobbly game, like going 2 nil down, but it's the type of team that you don't want to play against, man. Especially, any fun fact, right? Like, uh, Taiwo Awoni, Awoni, he's actually going for Jamie Vardy's 11 goals in 11 games record. He's currently, what, 8 goals in 7 games or 8 goals in 8 games? So he has to sc- to break Jamie Vardy's record, he has to score against... It doesn't uh, matter that it's over two seasons, four right? Times. No, I don't think so. It's just like a, a run of games. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, just a little quick... What a story. <laughs> transition to... He pulls it off. Yeah. Just another quick transition to the, the game that happened at Old Trafford. Couldn't believe, like, uh, what was happening on SofaScore. I thought it was like some glitch or something because Taiwo scored the first goal in what was it the second minute? Yeah, something. And like then that. like straight up another notifi- notification popped on my phone saying that uh Forrest scored again. So I kind of thought it was a glitch. You know and what it was, was more actual, glitchy? Yeah. The the fact that Arsenal was down even before United. Oh uh, yeah. That was like yeah, that was right. what? <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> but but it's not about Arsenal now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that soon, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure you're, you're watching the game. Yeah. And going 2-0 down against Forest, right? I mean, 2-0 down against any team in the Premier League is it's pretty much a mountain to climb. It, it really gives shades of, like, a team that wasn't ready from the start, like, uh, for United. It was, like, the guys were still doing their warm-up or whatever. Like, the, it all happened so quickly. And I think... um. The way the goals went in, um, the the one where you could see Onana doing like a backpedaling, and then uh, that was the first goal. And to be honest, it it all felt so comfortable because it was like oh, in, in just like I think it was the first minute we got a corner, you know, you're like okay, chance to attack, and then um, we get countered from the corner, and then immediately you see the positioning of the team, and you're just like wait, that's really bad. Like our our last defender, which is Marcus Rashford is in the opponent's half, meaning we have no one on the halfway line. Uh, and so once uh, when he starts running, you're just like, what? There's no one there. And it's just like, he just sprints all the way down the field. Um, and then Rashford, who is also rapid, couldn't catch him, which is credit to, to I think, Awani's like, pace, as well as, how I do, think, his How strength. do you pronounce his name? It's Awani. difficult to pronounce. Awani. 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 Can I, I'm just going to call him Taiwo. Yeah, well, he's yeah. he's got he's got like a he's I think he's for his size he doesn't look like he's gonna be that rapid but he definitely has pace I think he's the, he's giving the, the early the, early the Lukaku vibes man. you know like <laughs> early early days like West Brom Lukaku vibes where you're like this yeah, guy's and, big and, and bulky and strong but he's rapid yeah, he was on the Liverpool youth team as well so more incentive to to yeah. score against uh, I mean he United, scored against us <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think he's he's just out there like he's really owning it I think he's a very traditional number 9 big powerful mm. hold up plays good 
but pacey as well um so i think yeah the goal was was easy in the end for him but like the i don't really know what onana was doing i don't know if he tried to fall down on purpose yeah, to try to like we, cover more ground or he was afraid that he talk was about him he was gonna play the ball through his legs <laughs> new, new age goalkeeping <laughs> but it like was, just a quick a quick it didn't look uh, good. a quick yeah. side uh, a quick side track right like it's now sort of three game weeks where three of the big boys have conceded inside like three minutes at home. It kind of... I I, I do like the trend though that, that teams that are coming to your Emirates Stadiums, Anfields, Old Traffords, they are sort of giving it a go early on. They're trying to catch the big teams cold. So you almost like change the game before it even begins. You start getting the fans in a bit of like a... Like, they haven't even sat down and had their sip of their beer and they're like, oh, we're down already. It's it's a bit refreshing. Whereas, you know, maybe like last season or, or two years ago, it's like parking the bus from minute one. So yeah, but I, think I don't know if it's, if it's just like a coincidence or maybe it's it's a more of a pattern to come in, in coming games. I think it's a good tactical approach because you know that a team like United, you give them time, they'll start holding position. Especially if you're Forest, for example, you know, uh, unless you're like a City or Brighton or, or, or Arsenal who go into the game and from a United's perspective, we know that they're going to dominate possession. If you're against a team like Forest, you're not sure. So you know that you don't want to let the team start getting into their rhythm. You got to hit them before they, their players get warmed up, before they, they find out your patterns of play and before they start um, like... You know, you just controlling the match, also, yeah. right? It's it's as much of a head game as it is tactical because now, suddenly, like you have maybe guys like like Bruno. Obviously, it didn't pan out that way, but you have guys like Bruno and Rashford, right? Who obviously heard all the criticism against Spurs, so the yeah. first thing they're thinking of is like, oh, I'm gonna like take this game by the scruff of the neck, and I'm gonna like score like uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang a couple in like right from the start, and then suddenly you're one nil down. Yeah, and then you I hear like the groans, and you're like, "Ah, oh, shit!" Like, I think that's <laughs> the difference that we saw in this match versus the first two matches. It's the difference of Ericsson in that midfield, who I I think I mentioned mentioned it last at that he has the presence of mind to to just kind of calm the team down and just play possession. You know, like even at at points where you think if it was Bruno, he would hit that that Hollywood pass all the way forward. Ericsson just kind of plays it forward. And wait for someone to pass it back to him, and then just kind of move the whole United team further up the pitch, and then start applying pressure. And in the end, he was the one who got the goal um, by venturing forward and and scoring, um, being in the middle of the, of in the danger area. So I think it's that kind of experience and that kind of like calm headedness that we need. And yeah, I think against a team like Forest, who don't necessarily dominate the midfield, like the center of the pitch. Um, having someone like him was quite crucial in, in, in us getting back into the game. Obviously, the, the bigger point was... There I say, oh yeah. if Mount was playing instead of Ericsson... Yeah, we would have lost. The game could have finished very differently. Yeah, we it could have been worse than like 2-0, I would say. Interesting. And that's not to say that Mount is not a good player. It's just Mount's a different player. Yeah. <laughs> but Ericsson is good for this kind of... Uh, this role where... You know that that team is not gonna like clean out clean out his legs. Like he's not gonna get burnt out so quickly. He has time to kind of 
orchestrate the midfield. Pick the pass, yeah. Pick the pass, move the mm. team up. And I would say actually Casemiro didn't have that great of a game. Yeah, he's, he scored as well. But like, Casemiro's form has, is not as great as last season. I mean, I'm not saying he's finished. He's slipping a little bit um, in terms of his output. His ability to like... Do you think it's a, a, it's a match fitness like thing? I think he, I think he, he, he did start a bit pre-season slow. pre-season injured or something, right? Yeah. I, I think it could be that as well. But like, yeah, I think overall, I don't want to go through the whole match. But yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good comeback. Um, I think... Very united. Uh, the the, I know we got a lot of shade for like, the, um, the the penalty, at the end. Um, mm-hmm. but, I think that was. Don't really know why though. It it looked like a penalty to me. Okay, yeah, it looked like okay, same. But I think the, the red card as well. I think that was quite similar to what happened to Van Dyke as well. I think the the mm. call was that questionable call was whether or not the guy who who made the tackle was the last man or not because mm-hmm. it was because he was deemed as the last man that he got the red card um and that kind of changed the game I want to pose slightly. another question to you guys do you think the person being fouled right do you think a decision to give him like the the last man decision does it do you think sort of who it is plays a part like let's say if it was uh, who's the most like let's say Rashford right you know his rapid you know 1v1s he, he's good at 1v1s versus like uh, like a Glenn Murray <laughs> do you wait, think wait, that makes don't disrespect Glenn Murray he no but I'm talking I'm talking in terms of like lack of pace like cause Murray like there's literally a clip of Murray being one on one and he gets caught up and he like and he does a cut back yeah, yeah I know I remember that but like yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's more where I'm coming from like do you think last man is last man or it's sort of like Hinges a bit on the person. I think I it's think last man. To no, it's it's last man depending on where where on the pitch. If you're like the last man, but you tackle him at the halfway line, it's still debatable. Even mm. if it's Rashford, but if you're like right outside the penalty box, for example, it's like you know yeah. the guy's clear on, on goal. His next attempt is probably a shot straight away. So that's where I think you kind of that distance to goal is the is the grey area but it is kind of what they look for like if he's is that whole idea is he clean on goal if you're halfway across the pitch you're the last man but you're not clean on goal technically mm. it's still mm-hmm. you still have to travel um so yeah I think that's that that that's I feel, I feel bad for doing Glenn Murray if, if Tybo <laughs> if Tybo got I mean if Tybo got chopped like outside the penalty box um with whoever like by whoever who was the last man right for United yeah, which was Rashford actually. So if if let's say yeah, Rashford if, if Ref, if Rashford chop pulls him down at the halfway line, I think it's mm. still yellow. Mm. Because you would okay. say you you could argue that Rashford could have caught him. He just decided to tackle him earlier. You know what I mean? It's I I, I that's my interpretation. But the the rules of the game change so much. I'm not even sure what the rule is right now. Is it last man equals red card if you tackle him down? purpose fortunately i think the last man rule hasn't been butchered too much i think for the most part oh, it's gonna, it's gonna happen man it's gonna egregious. happen yeah yeah it's just the the whole throw-in stuff is is really like soft man the throw-in like like the rules now where like you kind of um you can't kick the ball away it's like an instant <laughs> yellow card i'm just like yo 
very it's gonna lead to like a record number of red cards this season. I mean, you could kick the ball away and then like signal for the ref to give a yellow card and you could be sent off for just those two things, which is like crazy. But that's what they, mm. they're trying to kick out of the game, I think. So, mm. but I still feel it's very soft. There needs to be a middle ground, lah. But I think that we can talk about this more in depth in in. in I a think this rule is gonna be reviewed during the international break. It's very similar to what happened. What was it two or three years ago where? Ball to hand doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. If it happens in a box, it's that a was a wild that was time. Insane. That was like <laughs> right. the wild west. Like <laughs> we're getting a penalty like every game. I know, right? Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think you guys have an insane record at Old Trafford. What oh yeah, twenty unbeaten. One or twenty two games unbeaten at home. I think it's twenty one. Right yeah. Yeah. But the alarming oh, thing is that away from home, you guys feel like a completely uh, yeah. different side. <laughs> yeah. A little bit like Liverpool last year. And, and it's not great. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but I I think it, it does help a lot that um we do have the home. It, it's starting to feel like home advantage. Um, right. I, I, I myself, even though we're 2-0 down, frustrated, but I, I didn't see the team panicking. Whereas in like away games, you would start seeing them hit like the wild passes. Um, Bruno would get very agitated and stuff like that. But start moaning at everyone. Yeah, and the, but it was still quite a. And the thing I think Forest didn't help themselves. They kind of started sitting back. They 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 thought right, we've done it two 0 against United. Let's just hold out. But it's like in the first ten minutes or so, and then. It's really difficult, and I think after that we started. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, it's they, really they, a double-edged sword. Yeah, I mean they just the decided to. You, right? Correct, but they started to sit back and try to just play counter, which they're good at. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think it similar to the Newcastle game. I think you just gotta play your game like you would have wanted it to, and just like go for it because sometimes the best kind of defense is offense. It's literally just um trying to. Keep possession, you Give know. If you're if you're if you're playing about. defense all the time, you're just trying to clear the ball out, and then it just comes back again, um, and and that becomes very dangerous because against a United team, um, who haven't been the most like clinical, um, but they managed to find they have players who can kind of like pick the passes, which in the end was what Rashford did for um, uh, for Ericsson and then the Casemiro goal as well. They were just all these like. Six yard, six uh, six yard goals. Yeah, inside the the keeper box. So, yeah, I I think overall it was a good result, but not a great performance from United. And that has kind of been the summary of our season so far, across the last. Yeah, but years. going on with the point that Pascal made about being poor away from home, right? Oh, I mean, it, 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 the, your next test is gonna be <laughs> insanely difficult at the Emirates against uh, an Arsenal who have been. I would say pretty disappointing by their standards in terms of, of of their offense yeah because from what I remember last season they were really really good offensively they played really nice football but it seems to have dried up because uh, Ateta is so hell-bent on shoehorning uh, his new signings and tinkering with a formation that was not broken like I really don't understand why he's trying to fix Something that doesn't need fine tuning at all. 
Okay. It's just so weird. But um, I know BK is not here with us to share his thoughts, but... <laughs> BK is damn. so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> BK. <laughs> yeah. I could feel like the rage. Um, I think next week, uh, before we move on to like City, next week, uh, Arsenal United is going to be a huge litmus test for both teams. I'm ready to get hurt. <laughs> it's it's going to be... Uh, I know on paper, Arsenal look like pretty strong favourites, but man, I, I think it's set up nicely for a United counter-attacking masterclass. I think yeah, they could yeah. they could cause Arsenal lots of problems. But, uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to that as uh, just a innocent bystander. I'm just going to be watching and, and seeing the car crash unfold <laughs> before my eyes. <laughs> Not my team, so I'm just gonna just chilling, man. Gonna, gonna enjoy get some the popcorn. But who who do you think will edge the game? Uh, I want both teams to lose, if it's possible. So I draw. So I, I feel up, like draw. I feel like um. I'll take the draw. Someone is gonna score late. It's gonna be a late winner. It's gonna but be I can't, Ketia, I can't bro. decide for it's which which team. And Katia's be Ketia. been on form, yeah, actually. Yeah. But lo- knowing, looking at what Arteta is doing, I wouldn't be surprised if he drops Enketia for that game. Or brings him on as a sub. <clears throat> nah, Trossard was ass. Trossard is like always, like... W- the moment fans, like, want him to, like, start and, like, play more, he just doesn't show up. He just drops a stick. It's damn weird. Yeah, it's damn weird. Yeah. And also, a, a fun fact... Um, Arsenal at home, right, they are very porous. So I expect United to score. Mm-hmm. Which Fortnite, is why I in selling Bruno Fernandes in FPL, <laughs> keeping him in my team, baby. Yeah, but I know Onana. Oh yeah, you said you wanted to pretty, talk about Onana, uh, right? I mean, I, I I for one I pride myself in identifying like goalkeeper frauds. So um, Onana has not really Harsh. been. I, I you know you guys know how much I rate Onana, right? Yeah. But hasn't been good so far. However, though. Like I said many, many times before, Ramsdale is not a keeper that will win you the Premier League. Like He is not a Van der Sar type. He's not a a Czech type. He's not an Alisson type of defender. Where... <laughs> hmm. He's the closest thing to that, I guess. Um, Not, not like Loris S because I, I read Loris above Ramsdale. Like Prime Loris... W- was way better than uh, hashtag I think Loris in prime United Ram- or Man City would have won a title yeah prime yeah. prime Loris we have to say that yeah Ramsdale however like when when they made the when Arsenal made the Raya loan signing right I thought damn it's gonna close the gap between Arsenal and Man City but us but Arteta is so stubborn man yeah it's no like, use he, if we don't play him <laughs> I know, right? Like your, one of the best keepers in the Premier League is on his bench, and he's no la, it's, play a fraud. It's li- it's it's carbon copy of what happened with Leno. Like, yeah, he's sort of waiting for that that real dip or that real glaring error, then make the change. It's been happening for what is it, isn't it the? It's not two games in a row though. But mm. it it happened a little bit. Not a little bit. It, it was starting to increase last season and this season it happened even earlier. And I, I think it's just going to be a wait and see when Champions League comes around. 
because I'm not sure who's going to be the Champions League keeper. I'm guessing it's going to be Ramsdale. But I've been hearing a lot of moans and groans from the Arsenal fans wanting Ramsdale to be dropped already and wanting to give Raya an opportunity to see what he can do between, between the sticks. Streets are so. cold, man. Streets are so cold. <laughs> Three games. Three games. I feel that Ramsdale, right? He is a keeper where you get three or four Hollywood saves from him every season. And then, like, this saves, right, kind of paper over the cracks on how pretty average he is. Like, he is Robert Sanchez levels of goalkeeping ability. Damn, even That's what I feel. Chelsea boys getting strays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say even, something even on Onana and he goes on like, oh, Ramsdale ran. <laughs> even when they win, they lose, right? Yeah, but I don't know. And it's, it's, it's just so weird. Like, things were going so well for them last season. Like, they had a settled back four. They had a settled midfield. They had a settled front three. But this season, right, it seems that Ateta has foregone that gung-ho all-out attack in favour of a formation which is supposedly more defensively solid because last season they were pretty much caught out on a counter-attack and they had no pretty answer for it because their defensive midfield was, was quite wild at the point of time. Like, Partey was injured. Jorginho's not the guy. They brought in Rice. Fine. I thought that would have shored up the midfield a little bit, but Gabriel is on the bench. Sinchenko's not... I know he just came back from injury, but I, if you're fit for the bench, shouldn't you somewhat be fit for... It does feel 11? a bit like reinventing the wheel. It feels a right. bit too... Pep. I, yeah. I know like the comparisons between Arteta and Pep are like gonna go on forever just cause you know like Apprentice and all that but like I go back to and I, I, I really believe this and I think a lot of the good things Arsenal did last year Arteta took from both Klopp and Pep you could see in Arsenal's shape and the front three right it's very Liverpool-esque like when Klopp just got that his first Liverpool team going and Klopp kind of didn't deviate from that until only like last season because we kind of had to, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you a bit in that he may be trying to reinvent the wheel too much. And next week, right, it, it's a huge game for... I can't uh, go back to the Arsenal-United game. It's a huge game for both sides because they are both sort of... Not in transition, but they have had mixed starts to the season both have seven points right or seven and six points but they haven't been convincing and i think it's almost like the performance needs to match the result the result next week so i can't wait for the for the car crash i think right like sometimes you just gotta take a page out of like the david moyes book and just name an unchained side like he's stuck to his tactics for years Finally, she, she shut down the Brighton hype <laughs> train, dude. After yeah. three games. <laughs> what Bro, was that? Like, they had, like, point of time, man. zero possession. <laughs> no, not zero possession. Yeah. But they had, like, so little possession. As in, and so they, they know what they are, and they don't shy away from it. They know that they play their best in the counter-attack. So they just let Brighton have all the possession. 
and then you just hit them on the break. Yeah. And it worked. It seems like uh, Brighton are missing a couple of uh, defensive players. Eh? Missing Caicedo, missing Colwell. Sad times. But I love the to sadest, see that. <laughs> the smallest violin. Small <laughs> <laughs> but rolling in dough. Um, I want to get Lionel into this conversation yep. because he's been pretty quiet up to now. We were supposed to talk about City like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just want to... To, to ask like um, do you see in terms of like stubbornness and in terms of tweaking when there's no need to be tweaked do you see similar comparisons between Pep and Ateta like changing things when things don't need to be changed making players do complicated stuff shifting them shifting them out of position to accommodate like what you want them to play like in terms of your vision uh, I mean to be honest right Ateta is kind of taking like a pitch out of Pep's book instead. But what I would say is that, you know, sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So I think one of the most uh, evident examples, right, is Pep. I mean, of course, before 2023, right, is Pep mm. in the Champions League. Like, when, like, I think most of the times, right, when City gets knocked out, right, it's because of like Pep trying to overthink and trying to like come up with an ingenious way to beat the opponent. Like, I remember quite clearly against, I think it was like, maybe a couple of uh, Champions Leagues ago against Lyon. Mm. Pep, Pep had, a, had a really good team, but he decided to to mirror Lyon's uh, formation. And then that wasn't like, a formation that the City players were familiar with. And that's how like, City got beaten. And then I think there was just another case where, City were also playing against uh can't remember. Was it Monaco? Uh, I th- I think so. Yeah. Then similarly, also Pep decided to um play OG OG he, Yeah, he decided to play in a in a in a separate way, where the players are not as familiar or confident with. And I think one of the the one that hurts the most, right, was against Chelsea in the final, where City just played without Rodri, who has always started, and he decided like to put Gundogan as the DM. And then I think that was one of the key reasons that as as to why City lost because City didn't really have like that that one linchpin in the in the middle. And then when he brought on Fernandino, that's where like the sanity was brought back into that City team. So, you know, the whole tinkering with like uh the formations and with the players by Ateta, right? It's kind of reflective of what Pep does back in the Champions League. And the f- and finally when City won the Champions League, right, is when Pep decided very early on that, hey, this is my best 11. I'm going to just stick with my best 11 from the start to the finish. And this, because I think this is my best team and this is the team that I feel can best execute what I feel is needed and how I want to play. So, yeah, it's kind of odd because we, like nearing the end of last season, we felt that, you know, Arsenal is the team to beat is the team to contend against City. But it, it, it just seemed like Ateta is, is is trying to get his hands dirty with the team and trying to experiment with new ways when maybe all along he should just stick with what works last season. I mean, although, yeah, I mean, there, there are players that are, inju- that are out of injury, like, you know, Jesus who just recently came back. But, you know, I, I don't think that that warrants, like, much, much of a need for him to to, to 
to go with such uh, an I was I won't say overhaul but more of like uh, a quite uh, a proportional change in terms of tactics. And I think yeah, because no no yeah. So another thing mm-hmm. is that I also kind of feel that some of the players that Ateta bought, for example, like Harvard's right, doesn't really add value to the team in terms of how they were playing last year, but rather kind of like slows down uh, their intensity and carrying the ball forward. So, you know, quite a bit of sketchy business or I would, I would say unwise moves by Ateta, but I think he... No ha- refunds, man. But, but, I think he he has, refunds. but I think he has to know that moving forward, if he wants like the Arsenal of like last season, right? You know, certain things have to be retained. Certain things have to stay the same. And certain players have to, have to start. And they are the ones, because they are the ones that are already proven that, you know, they got what it takes. But right now it's for them to improve. But I, I kind of see them like taking a, a slight step back rather than, you know, a couple of steps forward. I don't know whether you guys agree with this. Because it's so confusing with the whole Ateta and Arsenal situation. They finished second last year because of injuries, right? Like the Saliba, Saliba injury was a huge one. They didn't have an ample replacement. They had Holding, who is not very good. So the transfers that they made early this summer made sense. You know, Declan Rice, Holding the midfielder, one of the best in the league, experienced captain as well. He could show up that midfield which uh, by and large certain times was bypassed way too easily because Arsenal were just way too offensively minded. And then uh, Jurian Timber was also brought in. Big loss. Uh, capable deputy. I think, I think he would have been a much more ample uh, that left-sided centre-back than, than Tomiyasu or mm-hmm. um, even... Maybe not Gabriel is different uh. Gabriel is very like Traditional Very in traditional sense. type of yeah. No nonsense Vidic type defender Who did he play against uh, Fulham At left back Uh, Kubior Oh god Yeah So it's did just he, pretty much Anyone Gab- But Gabriel <laughs> at this point Yeah 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 And then Kai Havertz um, Yeah at the point of time Because Jaka was leaving So I think Arsenal fans kind of thought they had a a taller version, a more technical, made more runs in the box type of player, type of upgrade to Xhaka, but um, still not really sure what position best fits him. I mean, he's not a Chelsea player anymore, so not really my problem. But on that note, right, like I know Harvard's mm. has been catching like flack and... I haven't really... I, I, I didn't catch the Palace game because of the timing. The only Arsenal games I've really watched this season in, in full were the Community Shield and the opening day win against Nottingham Forest. Both both those matches, Harvard's was okay. He was a bit more offensive. Um, I know against City, he played like in the striker role. Should have scored. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got twice, man. Yeah, it's the Palace and the Fulham games where he's really started to like get, um, a a bit of like flack from from the media, and I get it. That that's football. That, that's the modern game, right? You're gonna be immediately put under the microscope, as we've seen with Mount, as we've seen with Nunes, as we've seen with 
um, Onana, you know, these guys, it's merciless. It is so harsh, but I think you're... I know it's looking a bit weird now for like Harvard's in particular and Mount as well, but Mount does have that. It's weird that I'm saying an injury is a luxury, but it's giving him a bit more time. For Harvard's, surely three games is like too short, you know, to call it like a... Or, or to say that it's like a mistake. I think since this is exactly what happened with Arteta, right? Like everyone was saying he's like uh, a disaster. So maybe he's earned that right a little bit. I think what compiled it is because his replacement, uh, Fabio Vieira, came on mm, and that, yeah. just changed the whole yeah. game. Two assists, but they're very different players, la. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I. It's a weird do you think one. He starts, it's a very tough one. You think he one. starts against United? I mean, I mean Nathan as a United fan, I, I think, I think you're hoping is, that he uh, starts. Also stubborn. I think. Yeah. He he will say that Arteta. Uh, he will say that Harvard's did a lot of good things, aka hard yards. <laughs> so the I expect Harvard to start he, against United. The thing that he excels in is not what Arsenal fans want. Yeah. To see. Yep. Like, who cares about how many headers you win at in the halfway line? Who cares about... It's the like, goddamn double oh seven yeah. memes, dude. People <laughs> are so obsessed with it now. Like, it's like the ultimate, like, curse. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy what it does to people. <laughs> it's honestly crazy, dude. But, uh... Bro, I mean Sky Sports, man. They started it. <laughs> Sky Sports Germany, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel I feel for the for the new signings, lah. It's really like mm. um, you need to have elite mentality, man. <laughs> it's really not for the faint-hearted. I mean, that's why they get paid a lot, but like, that is true. It's, no, it's hard no, to feel sorry it, for for. I don't feel sorry for them. I I just I'm like almost like apathetic. I'm just like, bruh, like. Mm-hmm. Imagine like you just started your job <laughs> and like within two weeks they're like, bro, you them slow. <laughs> <man."> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean if I get paid as much this as This is where Arteta needs to get you know as much as Harvard's <laughs> is getting his his, his fat uh, paycheck, right? This is where Arteta has to prove his mettle. He needs to coach either what he needs to really get his message across to Harvard's mm-hmm. or or he needs to like do anything but shoehorn him into the side. Because as we saw with Darwin last season, we were trying that a little bit. And once the team started doing well without him, we just went, we just moved on without him, man. Up until mm-hmm. last night, of course, when he, you know, did his thing, but I digress. Uh, actually, on that on that Harvard's thing, right, for, for Pep and City, right, Lionel, mm-hmm. has there been a, a, a signing so far under Pep that you felt has been shoehorned into the team when it very clearly like has not been working mm. I, I'm struggling to think of someone I think for the most part back then before his revival it was uh, in my opinion it was John Stones yeah but but uh, I feel that John Stones thing right it was so competitive that it, uh, he almost never felt like he was gonna be that guy 
Okay, maybe if we were pulling straws here, right? I would say that Cla- Claudio Bravo. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and and honestly, honestly, right? Like, but but he, but Pep learned that he just like abandoned. He was yeah, like, he, this. He, as in, I think back in, I think Bravo was from Barcelona, right? Yeah, I think back in Barca, I, from what I recall, Bravo did a pretty good job there, and then when uh Pep, finally came over to England, right? I think he was tinkering between. Bravo and uh, Testegan, right? And then he went with Bravo and my goodness, that was like one of the worst decisions ever. Like, you could tell that he, he gave Not Bravo just that, time. He pretty much excommunicado Joe Hart for Claudio Bravo. Yeah, and, and like he, he went all diamond hands with Bravo who was clearly the much inferior choice. Yeah. But, but you know, I mean, eventually, as well. yeah. like, like we, we, we could see that, you know, Bravo is not just... Was just not like uh, doing it for for city man like and yeah I think did, did, to answer your question it it has to be this guy man like he was just like n- not yeah. he doesn't he doesn't he just doesn't fit the the, the tune cut of the city yeah but I think that's the beauty of Pep right yeah, beauty of Pep like even if a guy sort of feels like a square peg he always manages to coach it into them. I, I think I remember Cancelo, who I think is about to leave City or he might have already left. When he first joined you guys, right, I don't think he got a game for like a long time. And then Bernardo s- as well. Suddenly right? out of nowhere, he's like, he, he got into the team and was just like ripping mm-hmm. it up and never left. Same, yeah, you're right. Same with Bernardo. Bernardo, I, I think his first season, what, he started two games? Yeah, and yeah, then there the was next, a point the where I, I forgot that like, they even yeah. signed him. Yeah. Because Liverpool, then, like, I, I remember was, that was the year Monaco like, lost all their best players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, Fabinho also process, took a while uh, to play. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Bernardo just didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's an art form in itself, betting in players. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Arsenal don't quite have the luxury of like betting in like the marquee signing like Harvard's, right? So that that's Arteta. That that's this probably his is the season that I mean, I know it's pretty much memed by me, but <laughs> huge expectations for this season for Arsenal in terms of challenging City for the title because I I don't care if you spend over two hundred million on a project which has been under the care and guidance of a manager who has been there for. What this is Four? fifth year already, right? Fourth, I think five it's years? his third full season, so it's three and a half. I thought it was four. Four? Four years. Yeah, mm. it could have been his fourth yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, you're already, right. So. You're right. Yeah. Time flies, man. And, <laughs> I mean, come on, I it's I think it's more of an Arteta thing, you know, than uh like in terms of like the the result that, that happened on the weekend and the two pretty shoddy results that they got, albeit wins. I don't know. Do you think Arteta realizes that he is tinkering too much and just reverts to type against United? Because if he continues and he still persists playing Havertz, right, in the eleven, oh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough watch for, for Arsenal again. But I Just don't to think wrap he it up, reverts uh, because based on what he's been saying, 
in the press conferences, yeah. he doesn't believe that there's anything wrong. He he kind of puts it down more to... It's, it's stubbornness, right? It's like, if we can see it, why can't he? Well, he's like the artist, right? Like, <laughs> he's like the, the guy who is like, yeah. I, I see the painting before it's even painted, so... Uh, yeah, I also think we're gonna find out a lot this weekend, which is why I'm like extra mm. excited for the Arsenal United game. We're gonna find out Do so you think much it's about because both sides. He he also spent that much on habits, so he's like he put his hat on him. He has to get something out of habits, right? In I mean, way, it's yeah. the same way with Ten Hag and Mount, no? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. basically very, got scammed, um, man. Pro- like like pet project, you know. The blue eyed boy. It's it's kind of like um I know it's 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 not um price tag wise is it's different but when uh Scolari brought Deco into Chelsea Fuck <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Like he was seen as uh Scolari's blue eyed boy so was even like though so he didn't really by the time he joined Chelsea dude <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I love Deco but he always up. he always played every game even though he didn't make much of an impact. Yeah when other players who was subbed on for Deco, did much better. It was to the point where, I, I mean, even more recent comparisons, right? It's uh, Jorginho and Sari. Mm. Exactly the same thing. So, sometimes managers have too much pride in like their signings to wanting to make it work when, you know, it, it's clear to see that the person, that, that player needs dropping for a certain number of games because it's just not up to it but uh, yeah uh, I know were you shocked when uh, Sheffield United equalised extremely late into the game because I thought that you, know, you want to talk about points, smash and grabs at St. James's Park right that yeah, would man. have been like on par I don't think Sheffield yeah. had a single shot until then <laughs> yeah I mean I mean for, for the most half of I wouldn't say the most I'd say majority of the game right City dominated like Sheffield from start to like the eighty something minute, but I felt like after after a while, right, Sheffield all of a sudden just got into gear. Like I was texting my brother uh during the game, right? I mean what he pointed out also did make sense. Because kind of like, looked- like we said earlier, mm. at one nil, right? We've seen this time and time again, like it's never done. I mean 80th yeah. minute, you're at home, nothing to lose. I think they brought mm-hmm. on like Ollie McBurney. Mm-hmm. That's when you know it's like <laughs> all <laughs> all hands on deck when like Ollie McBurney comes on, right? Yeah, like like I was conversing my with my bro, right, and he he brought up a good point. It's quite obvious that you know City like playing playing out from the back, going all the way to the front, right? You could tell that like there is, I mean, the absence of De Bruyne, right, is really huge for City. It kind of looks like there is there is no. Um, service in that like number 10 spot like number 8 to number 10 row and like whenever the the, the wingers like Grealish and, mm. and and um I think it was Bernardo get the ball right they always kind of like pull it to the centre and try to find Haaland at the end they just don't have like KDB can like ping like across from anywhere that's what makes yeah. him so special like but I, I noticed this too yesterday yeah. it, it was very much they were looking for that perfect cut bet. Mm-hmm. And Sheffield United knew that's what City wanted. So they they to their credit, they cut the passing lanes very well. So every time Walker is like about to like whip in across, right? He will like 
bailed in the last second because he knows it's going to get blocked. And then it's kind of like rinse and repeat. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that, that was interesting that you, you brought that up. Yeah, but but when when Sheffield finally got uh, that equali- that surprising oh. equalizer out of nowhere, right? I mean, I I, I kind of feel for for Carl Walker because he was trying to like I, bro, put, was he put trying in to a do? cheeky, he trying to back he, he, the ball he was trying to put in a cheeky box. back heel, and then it it went so disast- disastrously yeah. horrible la. Like, I I I'm not sure whether like because. You know, Pep will be watching this from like a hospital oh, bed was in like, like Barcelona. An aneurysm, yeah. Yeah, he's probably in a, in a hospital bed in Barcelona, right? <laughs> like, like throwing his like pudding cup on the floor or something. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, right, if if right now, I mean, in the next game, right, I think it's it's going to be against uh, Fulham, right? I won't be surprised if, if Pep kind of tells the, the assistant manager to, to drop Walker yeah, because of this punished. error. Yeah, oh, because oh, it, breaking, he's breaking like, news, right? Breaking mm-hmm. news, right? Uh, in the transfers, City just signed Matthias Nunes. Oh, really? Yeah, five year deal. Oh, how much? Well, there you go. Uh, Fifty five million. You want your, you your wow. passer, right? Your 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 midfield yeah. player. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> so is that the, is this Wolves like relegated? <laughs> no, but but to be frank, right? Like, I I don't really watch. Wolves games as much so I'm, I'm not really sure how good oh, Mateus Nunes is he's, he's really good man Um, I wouldn't say he's a passer he's a very Lampard S I just remember when timing, timing his runs he played against us last season he, he ran the show mm. and we were interested in him for a long time but uh, we are just all talk so yeah take, take that very answer. very good ball carrier uh, end product in terms of goals, uh, yet to be seen. I mean, he can score goals, IG but page. yeah, finishing needs to be improved. Which I'm sure. But uh, one will. of the reasons, sorry, what? Which I'm sure his finishing will improve. Yeah, I mean, That's if you are in an, a pep team, your goals and assists will definitely increase. But uh, one of the reasons why he chose to go, it's because uh, Bernardo penned a new deal with City, so you can just say agent Bernardo kind of weave this magic both on and off the field <laughs> yeah. yeah but I so, mean since, since we were on the topic of a city, the City game right mm-hmm. I, I personally f- think that you know this next point is definitely up I mean as absurd as it sounds right definitely up for deliberation which is I, I'm as a, as a City fan right I'm starting to lose confidence stop whenever it comes to Haaland taking penalties Wait, is it, has he missed one prior yeah, to he, this? Yeah, he, he, he just... The, the, it was quite recent. He missed a penalty in the Champions League. I think it was against... Um, well, I can't remember who. I think it was against uh, Leipzig. Madrid, uh. Oh, Leipzig. Ah, but I you think it was against five, Leipzig. dude. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, I, I would say that in terms of penalty conversions... He's maybe, new Mares. Yeah, but I would say that in terms of penalty conversions, right we may actually look towards Julian Alvarez because he can actually take pretty good penalties. So, I, but I mean, I I personally think that Pep would not I change don't think the Haaland penalty taker. Be, I, not yeah. that Haaland has a say in it, but mm-hmm. I don't think he would allow that if you if you get what I'm saying. Similar to Salah, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying because Salah's last few penalties have been pretty dodgy, but um, there's no way he'll be like, okay with Klopp taking him off penalties. But why not give it to 
McAllister. It's it's I mean, it's not so. Yeah. This is the kind of situation, right, where it's not so much about like logic. It's more about like keeping your star player happy, or like not sort of bursting but their confidence. We all know that he's gonna more. bounce next year. So why? Next year is next year. What? Like, <laughs> 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 like you wanted to be pissed off the whole season, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if I mean that's the beauty of it, right? We have Mac, we have Mac and Zobozlai who apparently doesn't miss penalties, whatever the hell that means. Um, but for Haaland, I think it's fine. Like he got unlucky, you know. I mean, inside of the post, man, it's not like he's like Mares, you know, like skying his penalties. The next one, I'm sure he will convert. Like, he just strikes me as that kind of player. He's yeah, literally a robot, dude. Like, once the mistake happens, right, he just downloads the info and, like, he, 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 just, ri- he, he just troubleshoots. <laughs> He's like the update, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but shout out, shout out to Rodri, man. I think what I a it's goal. only three games in. But he, I, the he's got twice bro, already, right? This, that's insane technique, eh. And, yeah. like, high pressure somehow. Like, dude is just a, he's a monster. He's a cheat code, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, the first defensive mid in FPL to probably like actually not be like trash mm. to own. Actually worth that yeah. <laughs> extra yeah. extra one million over the uh, typical four point five million trash midfielder. Oh, yeah, but I think currently three games in, <laughs> your player of the season. Yeah, I mean for <laughs> sure. Like he, he, he seems to be the one that always steps up whenever the team needs him. And always I mean, he can, he, he can, role. I mean, he, he has been proven ever since like, um, that, that, that moment against uh, Villa last season and then after that against oh Everton God. and against uh, Inter Milan, like, mm. you know that the man can take shots, man. Bro, you just he's know. the, he's the Cristiano of DMs, man. Just clutch, <laughs> clutch goals every time. How uh, how has Guardiola been so far? I mean, you I guys think, barely yeah. get like threatened by opponent opposing attack, so I, I didn't really see him yesterday. I think yeah. the only time I saw him was when he got fouled. That was it. I think to be honest, he's integrating pretty quickly with the squad. But yeah. I will say that I mean, in all fairness, City's defense it's is already pretty pretty solid. I mean, one but goal I, considered in three games is like quite ridiculous. It, yeah, but I'll, I'll say that the, the past three games, right, the most noticeable moment was, I think it was against Newcastle. Uh, it was that particular clip of him, like, uh, one-on-one against, I can't remember who, but he managed to, like, easily nudge the ball off mm. uh, the Newcastle player. So, I think that was... that I, I see that clip floating around Instagram quite a bit. But was I'll say that Gordon? he's integrating well. It could be Gordon. But, yeah, I, I would say that he's integrating... Pretty well, I would say, and I would think I think it, it behooves him that Ruben Diaz is back, and you, you if if you watch you guys watch like the Sheffield highlights, right? He Diaz like at one moment he threw himself at the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that was the, like uh, 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 they posted that clip on their IG. Yeah, so I think it's just him I mean, like doing a John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would say that you know City's defense definitely looking good. I mean, apart from that, that error yesterday, but I'll say that you know maybe potentially we could break Chelsea's record of, I think it was what like 14, 
14 goals conceded. Nah, it's, it's not yeah. going to happen. The thing happen. that's scary, right, is the defensive output is not affecting the offensive output. Like, you guys are still creating, like, bundles of chances, so... I'm worried, man. <laughs> not that Liverpool have a chance of winning the league like, with this squad, but I'm just like... Yeah, man, defenses win you the league. Like. It's very cliche. They are going to... F- I mean, once Stones is healthy, right? They'll be fielding four <laughs> Belgium central defenders in the league. Uh, I mean, in they're never going to see Carl Walker again. <laughs> He's just going to be <laughs> thrown in the gulag permanently after that. <laughs> yeah. anyway, let, so, let, let, we're at, um, about hmm. 80 minutes. Let's talk Chelsea, man. First win of the season. Yeah, I mean, I would. <laughs> if Chelsea did not win. Or if Luton beat, had beaten Chelsea, I would Love have just handed in my resignation form. Yeah. Yeah, straight straight up. <laughs> I would just resign for the season, but... Still play the back man. five, though. Yeah. Um, can't really understand why, but... Maybe it's because we don't really have a proper outright number 10 to play that number 10 formation I know Enzo could probably do a job there but he's much better def- in in a deeper role I guess so how Chelsea lined up is I think Gallagher kind of played as one of the three forwards together with Jackson and I think the man of the hour Raheem right now I was on his case during preseason because he had zero attacking output in the five games. But it seems that he <laughs> turns up when he really mattered in like Premier League games. Like The signs were there against West Ham. Yeah. I think Poch has identified him as one of your main outlets. Mm-hmm. And it's good that Poch plays him on the right-hand side because I've always been saying that right, right wing Sterling back. is at his best when he plays on the right side. As a, as a right forward. Yeah. I know he, he does a job at the left wing, but I think the right hand is where you want him, always. And the issue is that I'm kind of fearful for... I mean, yeah, I mean, give credit where credit is due. 3-0, but it's Luton Town, man. It's, it's Luton. And Jackson finally getting off the mark. Very similar vibes to Drogba in terms of getting his first goal against a newly promoted side. I know that that's a a stat that has been going around on social media at the moment, where it's it's really shockingly similar in terms of the number of games that he played, who he played against, and how he got the goal. Jobba got his from a very predatorial-esque hitter, Whereas Jackson just got his uh fire like a, a, a tap in at the both both of it were at a far post. So hopefully he can What a ball by Sterling though for the Jackson yeah. goal. Yeah, hopefully he can emulate what, what Drogba did for, for, for Chelsea la. because we really, really need a striker that can do all that. It's not just the goal that he scored, it's the things that he does off the ball, like mm. he is really strong, really fast. Um, his link up play is good as well. Finishing still pretty much needs working on. 
um, that dude I, I've been thinking about this for the entire weekend right that Chilwell miss it wasn't even a miss man he just why, why did he square he was through on goal I have so no idea yeah. I, I can't I can't <laughs> explain it as well like he got into a very good position where you know if a striker was in that position he would be alright I'm, I'm taking it on I'm going for goal right but I think the defender side got into his, his brain and he just decided to pass it. I don't know why when he had like it's three defenders like on around On his left him. foot too, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really, I can't really give Robertson. an explanation. Yeah, Robert I know Robertson he won the game 3-0, right? Robertson doesn't like to yeah. shoot. Yeah, I, I know the game ended 3-0, right? But I woke up the next morning, or, or rather I woke up later and I was still thinking about why did Chihuahua not shoot. That was so... Weird. But, um, I mean, just a quick preview, right? Uh, playing Newcastle, not Newcastle, Nottingham playing Forest, Forest right? at the yeah. bridge uh, this weekend. I am nervous as hell, man. Because, Potential like I said before, skin. yeah, especially with Taiwo in such a rich goal-scoring form, I don't think we'll keep clean sheets this round. Because, um... Defense and, and midfield still needs a lot more chemistry. I know we scored three against Luton, but it's Luton, man. They are like they are Damn, Luton competitors and with, really with in Derby in terms of Yeah, I think they can compete with Derby in terms of who gets like the lowest number of points in, in Dude, Premier League history. Everton is still worse than Luton, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Everton still haven't scored a goal. Yeah, but what I'm worried about is because Poch has not played a back five in preseason, and I think he, he has identified something which I feel that he, he's, he does not have the faith in the team to play a back four formation yet. Whether it's personnel issues, whether it's chemistry issues, whether it's... Uh, I, I don't know. So it seems that he will continue persisting with that back five formation. And up against a forest side who are pretty much lethal on the counter, who have played a back five formation more than Chelsea. I mean, they they spent the entire year playing that formation last season when they just got promoted. So I'm not confident, man. I'm just not confident of this game at all. What so, a time to be alive, man. <laughs> yeah. Fearful of forest at, at home. <laughs> I get what you're doing though. It is FKB after all. If you said you're gonna nah, man, annihilate truly Forest, we, we all know what was gonna happen. I'm truly terrified. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how how did uh, how did our guy Kaiseido do on his debut? His full uh ho- full home um, debut. He had a moment. I sent you which a nice little clip. Clippable. Yeah, where he was <laughs> it the one where he got muscle off the ball and then uh Forest I sorry Tempo. where uh Luton yeah where Luton was like presented a chance to score yeah, but that yeah was just, just like one moment needs, overall he did okay yeah yeah he did okay i think he yeah. gave the, the the pass before the assist for the third yeah. goal that's a kai Havertz stat for you if that was passed before the assist yeah yeah <laughs> uh happy days yeah first, man. first three points on the board and we're actually above newcastle Wow, that I did not expect to hear that after uh, three game <laughs> weeks, but but here we are, right? Um, let's why why don't we talk a quick fraud watch? 
or boss watch if you prefer. Mm. I'm going boss watch. watch this week, yeah. I'm I'm going for watch. I'm gonna put Eddie Howe on <laughs> Fraud Watch. Shocked. Yeah. I explained it before, I still don't think I mean he did a good job taking Newcastle to a Champions League spot. I still think it was too quick still for them to the be participating in Champions League right now. Yeah, but he's the guy before the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh this past two games when Newcastle were expected to rub shoulders with the big boys ultimately failed in game management more of the reason against Liverpool I think against City it's City so yeah people or other teams are expected to lose against them but I think they have to bounce back against uh, who are they playing this week? Brighton Oh, Brighton away, tough. I, yeah, I want Brighton to lose, man. May the L's keep coming for them. Uh, yeah. May How about and, you guys? I know who you, do. Y'all have anybody? I don't really have one from the United match. I can, I don't want to steal the thunder because I know who you're gonna put on boss watch, so I'm gonna leave him out. Um. I think I would say that What about someone from the Spurs uh, game? I feel like we we yeah. didn't really uh talk about them today but they had another solid showing. Yeah. Um uh, was there anyone standing the out besides Matters? I think mm-hmm. he's he he's definitely put, taken put Richarlison to Richarlison on Watch, man. <laughs> he's horrible. <laughs> he ate the guy. I should have, I have gotten a lot more than 10 points from Madison in that game if Richarlison could finish. Yeah, but I think um, Madison has taken to Spurs like a fish to water. The guy's just settled yeah. in so well. We we talk so much about players that need to acclimatize and need to like settle in, players like Havertz and stuff. But I think what you want from every player is to settle into their new club is like what have a, uh, what Madison is doing at Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've been seeing reports, like people are even starting to say, and it's almost like blasphemous, but it's like Spurs are better now than they were yeah, with okay. Kane. Yeah, <laughs> people are saying like, hell. oh my gosh, like guys, please. But it's, I mean, it's good. I think if you needed a reaction and you were the new manager, right? Like Ange Postacoglu, which also credit to him, I think... It's him and the signings that he's brought in that that are um kind of giving Spurs this new also, confidence. Yeah, this is a feel good factor. Even though it's only like three games, but I feel like yeah. he's bought himself more time now. Even if let's say they lose in the next couple of weeks, I still think they're not gonna they're gonna be kind of like cool, okay with it. They're just gonna be like, yeah, it's growing pains. It's this thing where I would say it's like the the start of the season syndrome. Um, you come out, you're playing a style. Most teams are not prepared for this. Uh, and and I think we saw it with like Leeds when they first came up. We saw it when Brighton under Deserby. It's like most teams are caught off guard with this new style that you're playing. They don't know how to read you. I think eventually Spurs will get found out. Um, because if it, he strikes me as the kind of manager that wants to play this philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um. And right now it's it's great because he has the um he has the place to do it. Um Bisuma's in form, Manders is in form, but you know, couple injuries, it's a long season. Can that keep up when you don't have for the sure, same kind of sure. they, they will go through a rough patch and that's when you're really gonna find out what they're made of. 
Yeah. I know that now the fixtures for Spurs are quite, on paper at least, very like favourable. But I think around game week 7 and 8, they have like Liverpool and Arsenal back-to-back. So that's going to be... If they can get through that, I think that's when, you know, people are really going to start being like, okay, this is where we are at now with Spurs. Yeah, I think, like, we talk about litmus tests and stuff like that. United was supposed to be one, and they kind of overcame that quite comfortably, actually. So I would say that, yeah, I think it's... um. They're looking good. Uh, I think uh, that bubble could burst, but, you know, um, while it lasts, I think we yeah. have to get credit exactly. where it's due. Yeah, well, just just uh, enjoy the the vibes while they're there. Yeah, if you're a Spurs fan, just, yeah. you know, soak it up. This yeah. is just a far cry from, like, <laughs> the doldrums of last season. So, yeah, fair play to them. Uh, Lionel, yourself? Lionel? I, I personally the best think for that... Last, uh. I personally think that... <laughs> I, I did catch the United... Uh, game right and I think it was kind of brought up by uh, some some fans as well la, from what I've read that I personally think that you know Casimiro should be on front watch because I, I feel like he hasn't been living up to the hype from last season this season like this season he he looks like he always has a very slow start and he doesn't look like he's He's at that prime level he was last season. I'm not sure whether Nick can vouch for that, but yeah, based on based on the game okay. that I watched against Forest, right, he was quite horrible for for the most part of it. He's a step behind. The actually. goal didn't salvage yeah. the performance at all, did it? I, the no, goal I was didn't. the goal was a uh, set piece. Cracks got you. It, it's like they worked that, so he was part of that that the whole thing. It was so interesting, right? Everyone thought he would in the cross. In the end, they play it back, and then, and then it's supposed to be like a short one in. Um, he gets the goal, but yeah, you're right. The rest of the game, he's just not as dominant as he was last season. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very fair one. I think it's an age thing. Uh. Like to play in that formation, you need to be all action. You you can't yeah. Like it's it's the same with Fabinho, right? Mm. Like he was good for two years. And then the decline. Oh, he was just good for more than two years. <laughs> it's like at least, like nah, two years. years. I think for United fans, years. we were hoping that Casemiro would be at least good for two years, <laughs> not just one year. <laughs> Last year was his first year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. The decline is happening yeah. too quickly. It's like Ivanovic, man. Like he was beast for the previous year, and then he ended up. And then, like Brom. the next year, he got. <laughs> yeah, he got no. He got skinned by that Swansea fella. What's his well, name? Routledge. No, not Routledge. The the South American guy. Oh, uh, crap! I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll look it up later. Yeah, he kind of had like a square mm. f- square head. Very <laughs> weird looking guy. Speaking uh, of square heads, are we gonna? Is are United finally gonna sell Maguire or? We have to go through. No, dude. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no. I, need to, I need to clarify uh. something about Maguire. Did Ten Hag block the move or did Maguire turn West Ham down? I think Maguire turned West Ham down because he wants to stay and fight for his place. Oh, but he wants the money, dude. It's not It's not the fighting It's true. I don't think West Ham are offering him the same kind of deal. Yeah, but then in he's... In terms of wages. Yeah, I, I guess... I mean, just do a bail. Just sit on the bench and take the... But the I think the bag. concern for Maguire is his England spot. Unless he just feels like either way he's he's not gonna get it. 
man is like we talk about blue eyed boys Maguire is like yeah. the blue eyed boy for Southgate England Southgate and him are like Southgate's tight, boy yeah. yeah yeah friends till the end <laughs> uh, I gotta end off of course with uh, it's a double header uh, first one is a no brainer it's gotta be my guy Dawizi finally we're waiting like freaking a whole season for like a, a performance like that a show stealing performance but the other guy has who has consistently bailed us out for like years, Allison. I thought he was uh not as busy as he was against Chelsea, but when called upon yesterday he was uh he was phenomenal. And uh, long may it continue because I, I get the feeling we're gonna need him again next week. <laughs> Joe Joe Gomez and Joel Martin <laughs> are gonna need his services next week, so yeah, man, I love I love Allison. I hope uh, this this time next week the window will be shut. I think yeah, yeah. We only have three days left, so next week's episode could be very different. It could just be like either look at all the cool players or look at this game changing signing that was made on deadline day or look at no one and we are fighting for. Four for fifth, because I think Chelsea are in the market for a striker or or uh, an attacking midfielder as well. I think it's attacking midfielder. It's a they are basically looking for someone to plug that in cuckoo shape hole right now. Yeah. Um. What they have Belgium's top scorer? No, he's going to Roma, uh, dude. No. <laughs> yeah, he's you going know. to play with Mourinho, dude. And uh, Cucurella is might be going to United. To, <laughs> yeah, United. I I just saw something recently, and it was that United are going for Marcos Alonso. I don't know. It's crazy. What, what the heck? <laughs> I, I saw that too. It's like, what am I reading, bro? It just reeks of desperation. But I, if Liverpool are in need of a new centre back, you know, we we have one for sale. Bro, I'd rather play that Kwanzaa guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather play like that Phillips than Maguire, bro. <laughs> God. And City just uh, casually getting Mateus Nunes. That is... That, that is that's class, it's so It's so City. Yeah. yeah. Class. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's, we, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, should we wrap it up now? If anyone get has like any other... Burning questions. Pointers to be made? I mean... Next week could be a week where like City are just like the the only team that picks up three points. I could see that happening. Fulham at home. <laughs> yeah. Well we need another Palinia mm. masterclass. <laughs> Unless he's at Liverpool <laughs> this time next week, la, but we'll see. Mm. Odds are he won't be. <laughs> bet <laughs> bet the house that he he won't be. Well on on that note, uh <laughs> I'd like to thank the guys for joining me this evening. Uh, for the show. Um, once again, commiserations to Cash for <laughs> having to it was witness a good battle um, of my friend that. Yeah, but the season's still uh pretty much in its early stages. You know, a lot of uh, twists and turns. Uh, BK, wherever you are, hope hope you're doing fine, man. Keep that Ateta dream alive. <laughs> and with that, uh, I'm 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 Sash. Uh, signing off. Or oh, do follow us on our Instagram at uh, the Full Kid Banter as well. Uh, just another plug. Our expectations XI for season twenty two and twenty three is on YouTube. 
do catch that out if you haven't and we'll see you next week